0: Can you say that one gelato changed your life? For our next guest, being served an ice cream cone introduced her to the world of hospitality and she never looked back. From the age of 12, Mary Antoinette Varamo has been on a fast track to making her dreams come true. Thank goodness for us she chose to be behind the bar. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. Little did Marie Antoinette know when she left Italy for London that she would be the one to shake things up at Duke's Bar. As the first female bartender at that bastion of martinis and boulevardiers, she would be put to the test. She passed with Flying Colors, and now she is managing GBR, GBR. Dukes, Hotel's other bar and restaurant. With this track record, who knows what she has planned next?
1: Well, I grew up in uh, on the hillside of Tuscany. So um, we, I, I actually been born in the south of Italy in Calabria, and then when I was five years old, we moved with my family in uh, in Tuscany. My father just changed job, and uh, we moved from a very like hot country to a let's say a more temperate kind of climates
0: so but your family your father and mother they were originally Calab- calabrese, calabrese right exa- exactly ah, yes so but, you have that that, that hot blood
1: hot <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's uh it's pretty much coming up in my in my personality very often yeah and um yes
0: um so you were in tuscany so you grew up there pretty much
1: I grew up there and uh, it was a, a beautiful place to grow up uh, uh, especially for the work that I do um, because it's one of the, um, it's, 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 it's basically one of the leading regions of Italy for uh, cocktail and hospitality as well. So pretty much the, um, my passion about this work I grew up uh, within the culture of uh, the place where I grew up.
0: Now, was your family involved with hospitality as well, or food?
1: Not at all, not at all. My
0: mother was a mother of four kids,
1: and I'm the last of four kids, uh, and my father is uh, like a builder. So, totally not at all involved in any kind of hospitality, and actually I had to fight my way to go to hospitality school, because for them it wasn't a good enough school. So they weren't seen their daughter, just serving at tables. Uh, While for me, it was being part of a special magic world where uh, uh, people like me make
0: other people happy. Where where did you even think about this when you were growing up? Why were you drawn um, to it?
1: I'm not sure how or why, but... uh, Well, I I think, well... um, when we were going like uh, in, in summer to the seaside and it was the gelato time, <laughs> the, snack, uh, the snack timing, uh, like 4 o'clock, I was going and buy this ice cream for me and my sister and I was going alone so I was like feeling important and I was having this... Uh, you know, barista, bartender, which they were looking at me and smiling at me, asking me, "Which kind of gelato would you like, a little sweet baby?" And I was feeling so wow. This person is so beautiful. I want to be like that. So basically, from an humble gelato salesperson, so I, I grew up my passion about uh, hospitality.
0: So your parents really just saw you as being a, a server. They didn't see kind of the big picture of it? No,
1: not really, because also, like, uh, we are from humble regions. so, and also, like, um, we we grow up, like, in uh, in Tuscany, which is a very countryside region, so you grow up your vegetables, and the vegetables from the garden are coming from the table, so it's pretty easy and a pretty simple life. So they weren't seeing this. First of all, the thing that they weren't approving, it was like my little bird would fly away miles and miles from me to do this job. And they weren't happy about it. So they were more much like preferring to me to be like an accountant or something.
0: In your hometown. In my hometown
1: (laughs) nearby my mother. So, uh,
0: so your first your your rebellion was to go to just go hospital. And yeah. how old were you then? I
1: was twelve years old.
0: Oh my goodness, you're super young.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was really really super young. But at the timing, I was my my dreamy was like to become a chef. I wanted to, at twelve years old. I wanted to be to become the best Italian chef ever. <laughs> this was. Now, did you cook with your mother? I I did. Yes, mm-hmm. I was like Sunday time is and it's still like a tradition that we that we got. We wake up around five or six o'clock and we start to cook for our family. Oh, so, I so
0: want to be there on the
1: side it's a,
0: <laughs> it's, uh-huh. a, it's a it's a tradition would they make um, Calabrian food or would you make Tuscan food
1: it's a well uh, when I was a kid it was more Calabrian food and then my mother slowly slowly pick up uh, the, the Tuscany uh, preparations so now' it's a, a fusion of uh-huh. Calabrian and Tuscany and Tuscany food and mm. she pre- cooks so well she's just amazing
0: so you were gonna continue that tradition and become the best ever. Massimo Bottura, watch out, right?
1: Basically, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what led you to cocktails?
1: Then, uh, well, when I started to do hospitality school, uh, um, in Italy it's, it are five years of school, so you got to, uh, to do like uh, math, uh, history and everything, plus a, a practical lesson of a kitchen, of a, a restaurant and cocktail too, and cafeteria too. So plus uh, the reception side of the hotel. So you are, you, they are building you up to, be, to overlook the whole uh, hotel's operation. So I, I started to look after the, 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 what it was like to work in a kitchen and physically, as I am a teeny tiny person, it was, I really realized that it was maybe a too much of a physical job and uh, maybe it wasn't that much for me because you need a lot of physical energy. So I thought like, okay, let me move and choose the restaurant side of it. Then while I was at school and in summer holidays I was going to work, I experienced the restaurant uh, part of the job. And I was liking it because there was a a contact with the people, but I was missing to prepare Mm -hmm. things. And then I said, okay, I need to find a a solution between the two because I like to to stay with the public, to stay with the people, but I I really miss the, the preparation side. So... The next summer, it was my third year of school. I spent three months working in a cocktail bar nearby where I was living. And uh, and then I found it. it so, was, so how old were you? I was like 16 years old.
0: Well, now, I should have asked this way before. <laughs> um, where did you find this school at 12 years old to go to? Because I doubt in your little town. That, yeah. So was it in Florence? Was it, where was, where was uh, the closest
1: one? The closest one was in Pisa. But uh, at the time, it was a new newly opened school, so my parents didn't, didn't have any reference about it. So they decided if I was going to go to hospitality school, I would have ma- gone to the to a good one, let's mm. say, if not the best. So they sent me to a boarding school, which in Italy is not common at all.
0: No. I, I think you're the only Italian I've ever known to go to boarding school. <laughs>
1: basically, basically, yes. So five years of boarding school, it was more of a punishment than... A, than <laughs>
0: Oh, you probably missed all those Sundays.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, and your parents must have missed you. Oh my God, if they missed me. Yeah. <laughs> my mother was calling me like every evening and my father too. And I uh, was like, uh, and I was really super rebellious at the time. Mm-hmm. I was loving the school a lot, but uh, it was like, uh, they, they send me away. They cast me away from the family. How are you there? <laughs>
0: But so now, fast forward—you're yeah. 16, and you can work in a bar. You can work with cocktails in Italy at Definitely. that age. Yeah, at mm-hmm. that age
1: you can. Uh, there is not very much of a really uh, restriction for mm-hmm. working with uh, alcohol or uh, or things like that. Um, so I, I this uh, Sylvia, which was uh, my, my my first mentor, and it was a, it was a girl. She was 27 at the time, and she was the one who was uh, like. Uh, Uh, introducing me on the bartending side of it. And it was a timing where uh, the American bartending was coming in Italy, like all of these uh, bottle jumping. Oh, you mean flair. Flair, yes.
0: I love that that's the American style.
1: (laughs) Yes, we we call it American style in Italy. Well, we used to at the time. So, and she was like a little bit exercising in all of this bottle frere and um, and to cocktails too. So I was looking at her and I was like, wow, she looks really cool. I want to be like that. And, uh, and she introduced me a little bit on basic cocktails. And while I was going to school, I was following other bartending courses. Um, a- aside from school, they were private that she was following too. And then I became like a member of the... Um, in, Italian Bartender uh, Association, the IBES. and uh, yes, and then it, all of that came along. Years of like uh, having a little bit of mentors here and mentors there, and uh,
0: so what was your first job after school?
1: Uh, well, my first job after school has been uh, well, that win has been has been to to um, please my parents. So I chose this. Uh, because, oh gosh, how many information? Well, it, the small town where I live is a thermal uh, spa okay. town, uh, village. And um, it was like a moment of a little bit of a renaissance. So the Grand Café delle Terme, the grand name. Uh, which town was, is it? Which? Uh,
0: what, what is the town called? Cascana Terme. Okay, Cascana Terme.
1: Yes, and uh, 3,000 people uh-huh. live in there. But only. how many hotels? Uh, there are like... Four or five right. hotels. So everyone's
0: coming to do a thermal bath, right? Definitely,
1: yeah. definitely. And uh, and this place, it was like a cocktail bar with. It was like a cafe, cocktail bar, cafe, uh, uh, tea time as well. Not afternoon tea like England, but tea time too. So it was a, a little bit of a. Um, there is a lot of uh, like uh, uh, things to do experiments. Mm-hmm. Let's say. So, and I stayed there for uh, one year and a half. And uh, in that year and a half, was uh, this bartender called Vasco Salvadori, which he was, uh, as well, uh, coming back uh, from Australia. He was a gentleman around 45 years old at the time. And he was like, whoa, he is coming back from Australia to open this bar in this uh, in, in his hometown, which uh, which is from, uh, from Casciana Terme too. And he was like, wow, he brought, uh, you know, the... Um, the, the the meal cart for the cafeteria and all of these cocktails like the Manhattan and the Martini and the, well the Negroni was already known but with all of this garnish and decoration and the the cocktail that it is still uh, is still working but uh, the cocktail that he, that he was doing at the time they were like wow super perfect and no one. In Tuscany, there was no one like him. And I was so lucky, so lucky to be like work side by side with him for one year and a half while I was so young. At that time, I was like 19, 19, 20 years old.
0: And so you were making your parents happy as well because you were home after all those years. Ex- your mother could feed you. Exactly.
1: I exactly. yeah. see how how I was fed as well. well yes. And also
0: see what you're doing. Actually see it physically, you know, with their own eyes, what you've been able to achieve in those years exactly
1: mm-hmm. so after a while uh, I was like uh, very happy but was uh, I was like ready to leave the nest and uh, and my mother actually helped me in that so we were having some relative living in the mountainside in Italy in Valle d'Aosta and I moved uh, there for um, for a winter season job and um, and it's been a right a really cool experience while uh, in the meantime learning to ski as well yeah. So, and then in the summertime, I find uh, from there a job on the Elba Island, which is still in Tuscany, so where Napoleon has got mm, his yes. first uh, first exile. And in there I found, lucky again, another very amazing bartender, which is called Bernardo Ferro, still uh, an exponent of uh, now another bartending association in Italy, the AB professional. And, uh, and I've been with him for two summer seasons, and uh, he was uh, like, uh, a very classic style of cocktails so like similar to Alessandro uh, upstairs and it it really gave me the backbones and the structure of uh, of, uh, the classic side of cocktails plus uh, a little bit of management uh, side because we did the opening of uh, the pool bar which was on the newly refurbished uh, uh, swimming pool of that uh, hotel which was a four star hotel at the time and um, and yes, between the two summer seasons I went uh, for a winter time in Berlin to learn a little bit of German
0: and uh, that has been another funny experience. And um, so were you always drawn to the hotel side of it as opposed to just a bar in a town? You know,
1: I was uh, I, I've been always like more fascinated by the hotel mm-hmm. style because uh, there is a not that I don't like the cocktail bars, uh, the, the, the single ones, but the hotel is got uh, such a charm, and uh, the style and um, kind of a form, a formal, formal uh, service. Uh, but still, it's not like a a, se- a formal service that is like a distant service. But it's a it's a I don't know. It's like a having an orchestra which he plays music with a lot of people which play in the same music and the, same, the music that we play is making guests happy. So th- this is what a hotel for me looks like. And people that are, the thing is that it's really like, uh, I like hotel life and I really, when I walk in a in hotel I feel like uh, this is one of the most special place on earth and I want, I want to feel special and I'm there to make you feel so special that, uh, wow, I, got, I mean I got only positivity coming back so
0: oh well that's what I hope I <laughs> achieve at the end of the day I don't think yeah. you would be working at Duke's if you did not achieve that so <laughs> tell me about how you moved from Italy to London uh, and why why? Well, um,
1: basically, from this seasonal job, from uh, after the, the last uh, summer season in the Elba Island, I got a job from, uh, in, in Florence, in Villa La Massa. So it's, it's a five-star hotel and it's a leading hotel of the world as a category. And um, Duke's was part of the leading hotel of the world at the time. Uh, so I was looking at the guide of, this, of the leading hotel of the world and I saw Duke's. And uh, then I realized that Alessandro Palazzi, which I knew by name, by fame within uh, the the bar industry, he was working at Duke's. Then I was going to be promoted the next year in Villa La Massa only if I knew if I was going to improve my English, which it was zero at the time, zero. So I said, okay, what what should I do? Where where should I go? So let's move to London. Okay, if I move to London, where I want to go, well, he is there. I want to go there. So I love it without
0: speaking any English whatsoever. Without, without.
1: Actually. It's been so crazy, and um, so I started to apply for a job, for jobs. I applied at, Duke, at Dukes and in two others. Dukes answered me uh, straight away, and it, the answer was like it was September at the time. They told me, okay, when you will be in London, come and see us for an interview and I was still working at Villa La Massa. So, when I, I replied back, and I was having help from, uh, from my colleagues, of course, because I couldn't write English, and you didn't forget about understanding it. So, I, I asked them to write for me, like, I'm going to be in London in November, and I know it, so let's book an interview now. I'm, ca- I'm coming into London, so we do an interview, and then we sit. So, and they said, okay, right. It was my third time taking the plane alone, in London, at London, I didn't know. I the, the two words that I knew it was yes and potatoes. That's it. <laughs> and coming for an interview, so I came, I booked an hotel and everything. So when I came for an interview, it was like the the DHR was like uh, asking me question and and I don't know how I answered. Trust me, I have no <laughs> recollection of what did I say in that moment. The only thing the only thing that I remember it was this word that I that I couldn't understand at the time. It was apron, apron and oh. white apron. Okay. And I was like, I understand white, but apron I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> However it is. But- <laughs> this is the only thing that I remember. So I. At the end of it, they told me, okay, go, uh, go. I oh, know, I came back for the, in- for the trial shift the next day. So I did a trial shift for a half an hour, but they told me in the bar, there is no, there is no space. So there, is, there, there are no position open. So you can try in the restaurant if you like. And I said, well, if I have to start from somewhere, I will start from the inside, okay? So I did a trial shift in the restaurant. And that was it. So off you go in Italy, back, and in 10 days they call me back and tell me, okay, if you want to, you got the job. So the 26th of of November, 2012, I was uh, a waiter at the Dukes, uh, at the 36th restaurant at the time. So now we are at GBR. And uh, for the first three months, I was like uh, going to school every day working hard in the, in the restaurant and polishing a lot of cutleries because, of course, I wasn't speaking very well, so I couldn't stay on the floor. And in the meantime, I was uh, starting to new, to get to know the, the guys in the Duke's Bar. And every time that I was meeting them, and especially Alessandro, hey, hello, my name is Mary, in Italian, of <laughs> course, ciao. <laughs> and uh, do you need someone to help you in the bar? Because uh, I can help you with that. I can do any job you like. And they were like, uh, no, 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 really. And especially was these things that there's uh, never been a woman working at the Duke's bar before. And uh, for the area, it's like, we are full of private gentlemen's members club. So the area is very um, men, uh, men Mas- masculine. masculine yeah, very, very masculine. Yes, yeah. Very masculine area. So it was a little bit of a, like, mm, I don't think it would happen. In three months time, anyway, um, one of the guys left from there. And uh, I was super shocked when Alessandro came to me, like in a corridor, like saying, um, Mary, you know that he um, told me sometimes that you wanna come and try to work at the bar. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, no, no, no. You, do you wanna come for a trial and see how it goes? It's like, le- let's see. And I was like, oh my God, yes, of course. When, you tell me when. <laughs> so I did that uh, that one or two days of trial shift. And uh, I was like, I was shaking behind the bar. I was like touching the bottles finally again after I don't know four months of not being in a bar and working in a bar and looking at the shaker like it was like uh, the, the Holy Spirit. I don't know.
0: <laughs> finally, I'm home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's speaking Italian, because everyone speaks finally, Italian up there. finally, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, especially that. And then, uh, so at the end of these two days of trial shift, uh, um, surprisingly, uh, Alessandro came to me and, and he told me these exact words. For I, sp- I spoke with the guys, with the rest of the mm. team, and uh, we are really happy with you. For us, it's fine. The only thing that you need to uh, face now are the guests. Really, so if you are accepted by the guest and our clients and our guest responds positively to you, I'm more than happy to confirm your job. So this is uh, the only thing. So work-wise, you are fine, but you need to kind of fit. And we're not talking that long ago. Yeah, 2012. He was for me. It was shocking a little bit because I was mm-hmm. coming from a country where it's very masculine country, and I was coming to London that for me it was very much forward. But I didn't understand at the time this kind of uh, formality, the royal family, the nobility that is in uh, in London, which is beautiful and fantastic, and I really like this side of London. For me, at the time, having this opportunity was like I won the lottery. Is uh, I don't know. I got a miracle. Uh, <laughs> d- d- and uh, honestly, I, I never really had a problem with people. So I generally I'm like teeny tiny, smiley. So it's easy like to mm-hmm. get a smile back from
0: uh, from guests. Did and you have ever have any problems with anyone?
1: At uh, just just with few of them, yes. Uh, well, major one. Um, so one guest I remember it was a long table. And it was uh, right at the end of the second room, the, the Montrose suite. Uh, so I was walking in the room and there were only this long table there. And uh, I was having the, the writing pad with me. So I just uh, see this man stood up, walking, past by me and going to the bar asking, is anybody coming and taking the order for us? And my colleagues were like looking shocked looking at me that I was walking towards mm-hmm. the table and say, sir, you got my colleague, which is there, and, uh, and to take the order for you. I want a bartender to take the order for me. And my colleague was like, well, yes, she is a bartender. So, and I see him like a little bit, uh, like getting a little bit nervous. And um, while, the gu- while his guests were kind of understanding the situation and getting... Uh, Um, not upset, but getting not really happy about his reaction. uh And I got the sympathy of his guest towards me. So he had just to come back to the table, head down, and tell me his order. Mm -hmm. So, but after this, uh, like, um, let's say, minute of tension, everything was fine again. Good. Yeah. And... uh, and I think uh, only another one. Another one was, yes, this one was, a li- this one was the only one that it really like hurt me a little bit because uh, he, uh, um, he was like with a regular guest, which we love uh, a lot. And, uh, and he was uh, like approached one of my colleagues and tried to say halfway, like, you know, you shouldn't have a woman behind the bar making drinks. And, and like I was there, I was I was literally in front mm-hmm. of him, and he was saying in a half voice, but in making in the way that I was making sure that I was uh, hearing him. My colleague was like, uh, uh, he, he could, he was speechless. Like how 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 I cannot tell nothing towards right. this comment because I, I I cannot like being towards my colleague or towards uh, like uh, like him. But I really remember that Alessandro heard that, and. um he asked uh, this regular guest who has this guest making this comment to never have him back at the bar mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you always
0: had support from everyone. Defi- all mm-hmm.
1: always, mm-hmm. always, always, and they, they always been very, very protective uh, towards me. And um, he has been he has been just amazing to be with them uh, upstairs. Al- Alessandro has been like, uh, uh, I-, I would say my my my. Inf- <laughs> like a father, let's say, like fa- like a father in this job, because it really like, um, the, the things that I've learned from him are, um, so the basic, the cocktails, those things, I was having it already since, from 10 years of working in Italy, and I've been with him for six years, f- five years and a half, let's say, if you, if you want to be precise. But the things that I le- learned from him are like, um, how to be in a place where Really people are coming for you, so how to um, find your way to to accomplish any unrequested request from the guests, how to read people how to understand the different kind of cultures. How a Japanese is drinking is different from how an American is drinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- to give an example, just to be on the on the opposite side of the world of uh, or like the, the manners that different cultures are uh, having. So sometimes some types of culture can the, the manners can be can look like kind of rude on our eyes but it's just maybe the most uh, like fine uh, where, way where of fine right? yes. So, so it's most, mostly it's, uh, it's this, it's uh, the finesse. And, uh, and I would say, I, I hope that, I will, that I've learned that. But what I've seen from him and what, I, what I really, really helped me improve me is, is the class that he's having and his, uh, his personal style. So this is what Alessandro gave me uh, most than anything. So, yeah.
0: So you took all that with you. Right, even though you're in the same building, yeah, you're doing your own thing, really, right, with GBR Restaurant,
1: At or the Great moment, British Restaurant, Great
0: British Restaurant. Yes, it's uh, it's. Um, so when they came to you and said, "We want you to run the bar there," yeah, are you ready to leave the nest?
1: I, I, I was, uh, I was ready to leave the nest. Yes, because uh, I was like. Uh, um, I thought I thought that at the time I was like uh, okay I I reached what I wanted to achieve uh, after three years to be honest and then the the next three years uh, I stayed where I was uh, like feeling extremely good and comfortable and uh, and happy about it and then after like you know this uh, all of this time I was like okay now maybe I need to find something uh, um, something else otherwise so you you need always to improve yourself and um and then it was like a, a changing pattern for for GBR because they really wanted to improve the the bar side of it uh, together with the, also the other side of the of the b department like the courtyard uh, that we got at the front of the hotel uh, and uh, and the, the the bar side of the room service as well so. So they came to me and asked me, like, Mary, rather than leave Dukes, would you think about staying with us and help us improving this big project? And I was like, uh, well, let me think about it. And uh, and and then it was like, well, it is a new project. Uh, I'm still in the area that I, that I like. I know the kind of guests. I know the people that are coming around and I know them expectations. So... I think this is the right place to like uh do the next uh, step of my life so
0: and here I am do you miss Well, I don't even know do you still make cocktails during service or I'm are you a, doing less of that
1: I'm doing less of that because I got a fantastic bartender as well which is uh, his name is Francesco he's amazing he's a he's a Totally the opposite of me, in a in a in a good way. He's uh, very much more on the newly style, like experimenting and new infusions and a lot of garnish. Uh, so, um, is, let's say that GBR restaurant in terms of bartending style is a little bit more modern. It's a classic modern style. So there is a little bit of more vibe uh, in the um, in the drinks, and uh, I'm. I'm I'm behind the bar, let's say two times a week, let's say f- fully, fully. And, uh, and now it's more and more management because anyways, it's, uh, it's like looking after a, a, I don't know, um, like 15 people of stuff. So it's like, wow, it's really like going back to the to the book uh, of uh, hospitality school books and uh, like read through it. And OK, so what I learned now, we apply. So and it's, um, it's just, uh, just, wow. Uh, <laughs> Amazing, yeah. and and also it's like seeing new the difference. I'm not very old. I'm like almost thirty three years old, but uh, uh, I started when I was fifteen years old, so it's quite a while now. And uh, you you see very much the difference between uh, when I was uh, at like on my twenties and uh, this. Uh, new guys that they are on them 20s now and, uh, and you see the difference of generation and the value and the way that they are uh, working and, um, and to teach them a little bit of uh, like classic style for them it's like wow they maybe know nothing about hotels but uh, they're like mesmerized about um, the area or the guests that we got which are kind of uh, high profile, but uh, but it's just amazing the passion that you can, uh, like, cultivate from other people. So it's it's the beauty of it.
0: It sounds so exciting. So should we go to the bar and try one of these new modern cocktails? Why not? I think it's a good idea. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much to Mari Antonietta for sharing her story. Don't forget to head to GBR, as well as Duke's Bar at Duke's Hotel To sample both classic and modern cocktails. And one of those is our cocktail of the week. Our cocktail of the week is the Misty Negroni, Marianne Tonietta's take on the classic. It's equal parts of Dom Benedictine infused with coffee beans, Martini Bianco vermouth, and Artbag 10 whiskey plus three drops of sweet orange bitters. All you do is add all the ingredients to an ice-filled old-fashioned glass and then stir well. Then serve with a slice of orange. Salute! You'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Next week, we'll meet someone who only discovered he was heir apparent to Nicholson Gin, the oldest gin brand in London, in 2010. Don't forget to check out my martini collection at alushlifemanual.com slash merch. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast. For more information and links to everything you've heard, plus a whole lot more, please visit LushLifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your drinking partner, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar.